Albert Schweitzer, the celebrated philosopher, theologian, and musician, once said, Remember, you don't live in a world all your own. The act of giving can be traced back centuries. In the 1500s, social structures of the medieval and ancient Greek worlds were disappearing. A global shift in how people interacted gave us rise to a new order, what we know today as modern philanthropy. The powerful impact of kindness directed towards strangers setting out to improve the human experience. Internationally, charity has played a significant role in most cultures and defines, in part, who we are. Honoring goodwill, a mechanism for promoting peace and balance, a foundation for democracy, are all examples of philanthropy's value in economies and to society. So giving's not new, and neither is wealth, but you put them together, and these two very complementary instruments allow us to address and work to answer global issues creatively, constructively, and with purpose. Today, those timeless legacies of giving continue on a much more complex and robust world stage. According to the National Philanthropic Trust, in 2019, the U.S. saw its highest giving on record of more than $449 billion donated to a wide range of diverse global programs aimed to tackle a web of complicated issues like education, health organizations, arts and culture, environmental and animal rights groups, and humanitarian efforts. With giving patterns varying, 2019 statistics from the independent sector state the average household donated just over $2,500 annually. But the median age of donors in the U.S. is about 64 years old, which according to the Brookings Institute, is only one-third of the total U.S. population. And with each averaging only two donations a year, what gives? What if technology could change the giving landscape and people's behaviors, empowering younger generations to also get involved with global issues from a place they know best, their smartphone? For a group of do-good student entrepreneurs, their mission was to build a software that would give wings to a much larger itch, rewire emerging humanity with hope. It's called Brother Can You Spare a Quarter, and our story starts here. I'm Brooke Bechtold, and this is The Humble Brag. This week, we're taking you with us to Denver, Colorado. 5,280 feet above sea level, topographically, Denver is located in an important stretch of land between the Rocky Mountains and the high plains of the Midwest. Pueblo, Colorado, to Casper, Wyoming, the Front Range Urban Corridor. Commonly called the Mile High City, Denver was founded as a result of the Pikes Peak Gold Rush in 1858, where it's estimated that 100,000 people fueled by rumors of gold went in search of fortune. Full disclosure, my husband and I lived in northwest Denver in the late 1990s while he finished his secondary degree. 
The city is a destination for people with big ideas, as is reflected by the diversity of its booming economy. From aerospace, health and wellness, financial services, energy, biosciences, and telecommunications, it's a meeting place and a breeding ground for gutsy entrepreneurs and game-changer startups. Rain Aubrey spent his high school years in Hawaii, dabbling in several business ventures that brought in a nice income, at least for a 17-year-old, but also delivered a personal epiphany. Company profits lined his wallet, but not his head and his heart. He could do better. In 2016, Rain arrived at the University of Denver after hearing of Denver's active startup scene and the university's commitment to back its student founders. I've always been an entrepreneurial kid. I was sort of always doing the lemonade stands and that sort of thing. Um, and then my senior year of uh, my high school year, um, I did a business where I was selling those two-wheel self-balancing hoverboard things. Um, and it ended up being relatively successful and I made a decent amount of money. Um, but I realized that I was largely unhappy in doing that just because it seemed very pointless. I had this moment where I was sort of sitting down uh, a couple of days before Christmas um, and sort of really realized that I loved business as an entity, but it, it for, ha- having it exist for the purpose of putting zeros into a bank account um, what seemed very frustrating and sort of a, a waste of something so beautiful. So I decided that hopefully the next company I decided to build would be one that was a successful major company, but also did a lot of good for the world, was sort of net positive. Um, and then I moved out to Denver and had the idea for Pocket Change um, in the shower of my freshman dorm. Um, and then just thought it was super awesome. And so ran with it. What was that spark? Um, it, it was a mix of a couple different things. I mean, I definitely wasn't an idea that I came up with and uh, that's sort of just whatever. Um, but the idea initially was, um, you know, I, I was watching, um, a Facebook live stream of some chemical attacks that happened in Syria. And there was like 20 million people in this live stream and everybody was clicking like and commenting and asking, how do we help? What do we do? Um, and I was like, this is insane. There should be a button here just right next to like, comment and share. That's like sort of like a do something button. Um, and I can click it and it just does something. Um, and so that was sort of the initial idea for pocket change was just a button that made it really easy. Um, and then as we sort of got into the world and realized, you know, that the donation world has essentially been real stagnant for a long time. Um, and that there's sort of some major opportunities to flip a couple things, um, and do some, do sort of change a little bit of how things are done. Um, that's sort of where it got really exciting and the idea got a lot bigger. But initially it was just, how can we put a do something button that's as easy as clicking a like button um, on posts? Entrepreneurs identify a need and fill it. No matter if it's product, service, industry, or market, defining the traits of this seek and solve breed, curiosity seems a solid place to start. Their secret superpower is the ability to reverse engineer a unique idea, making a complex system quite simple and ultimately useful. Entrepreneurs are addicted to the chase of trying what they instinctually know comes with a varying degree of acceptable risk. The goal is to sustainably make the world a better place. 
Rain decided to think big, and he came up with an idea that melded capitalism and altruism into pocket change, a company that sets out to, you guessed it, create real change. Can you explain what exactly pocket change is and how it works? We're an empowerment company. So the ultimate end goal to sum everything up that we do under an umbrella is we can help you take action and engage with the things that you care about. But that's really abstract. So let me give you like a much more concrete example. So the way that our tool works at the moment is if I'm on uh, my phone, I'm reading the news um, and I see some news about COVID. What I can do is I can press the share button that's in my browser on my phone and then up will pop pocket change and I can just tap that. And then right over my news screen with my news in the background, it'll pop up a little box and that box has some options of causes in it. So it might be COVID-19 medical supplies or world health or general COVID relief or food security relating to COVID or a number of different things. And then I just select whatever, all all things that are related to whatever the news is that I'm reading. Then I just tap the causes that I want to give to, um, and it pops up the most impactful pre-vetted charities for those specific causes. We've done all that research. Um, My account and credit card and everything are already hooked in, so I just have to press confirm, and it sends off 25 cents to the best charities for those causes without ever leaving my news. Then I can just close it and keep on reading. So Within five, 10 seconds, whenever you see something that you actually want to do something about, you can just tap pocket change, tap the causes, click confirm, and you're all done. The concept began with his observation that the traditional fundraising model hasn't kept pace with technology. It's broken. It can be anywhere between 25 cents and $2. We keep it really limited at the moment because we're really focused on people taking a lot of action and having it be accessible to literally everyone, um, rather than it being sort of exclusively for those who are making more money or something that you do once a year. We think everybody cares about a lot of different stuff all the time. And so we wanna make it really easy for you three, five, 10 times a day to take action on things that you previously would never have ever taken action on. And how they make taking a lot of action appealing and possible to everyone is they limit the amount you can donate per click without limiting the number of times you can donate. Each engagement with Pocket Change offers the option to micro-donate anywhere between $0.25 and $2. But Rain knew he couldn't do it alone. He needed a team of activism-minded peers who would bring their own seek and solvability to this commendable riddle. So um, I became involved with pocket change um, more at the end of my uh, freshman year of college. This is Christian Dooley. He grew up in a suburb of Chicago. The Dooley families always traveled, allowing young Christian and his siblings to see different countries and realities, ask their own questions, and shape their own mindsets. This is where Christian began to see the world and put words to what he noticed, fueling his wonder for what life is like for the majority of Earth's citizens. This is actually in a class, there's a writing and activism class, where I had initially met um, rain. On one of the first days, one of the first assignments was to basically present almost why you chose to take this class and maybe something in the activism world that you had worked on previously or are currently working on. 
And so um, Rain went up and he basically presented on the idea of bringing a way to combine activism and um, business together. And he had this very, very basic idea of essentially a button that would go on Facebook um, to let you help donate. That was different than the current you know, donation button and how it worked. And again, it was kind of confusing, didn't quite make a lot of sense, but I was naturally intrigued just um, given some of my interests. And then uh, my, my presentation is, so I do a lot of uh, music and audio production. And so I had made this um, big kind of uh, piece um, sort of around the, the political realm and, and the activism world and collected all these sorts of samples and, and sort of make this big statement. And so I presented that. And uh, Rain actually DM'd me on Instagram a couple of days later saying like, hey, I can tell you're super passionate about this sort of stuff. You know, I've got this idea and, and I'm looking for people who want to work on it. Like maybe you'd be able to, you know, make a song or something for it. Um, and so I responded and we ended up meeting, you know, he kind of told me more about the idea and I, it instantly sort of clicked with me and I totally got the direction of uh, what Pocket Change was really actually going for and what it could become. And, and from that point on, we uh, we started the Twitter account that day and I started running the Twitter and yeah, now I've been almost three and a half years that we've just been going from that day. I, I consider myself to have lived one of like the ultimately most privileged lives of all time up until the state to where um, not only financially were my parents able to um, provide, you know, whatever's needed, get great education, all that stuff, but also the general sort of culture and family life and friend life that I was able to have with, um, you know, lots of different experiences in sports, athletics, travel, um, having good, good friends to rely on. Um, so I was able to kind of, you know, from a very, very young age, see parts of the world that many people, you know, work their whole lives to see. And on top of that, there's kind of two key things I noticed. And one of which is at some points we might be in this nice place that we're staying. It was so, you know, this luxury, whether it be hotel or house or something. And 20 minutes later, go into what could be some of like the darkest slums of not only this country or city, but parts of the world. And I think subconsciously it became very clear to me that all the people in those situations by no means deserved where they were. And I also on my side of the spectrum um, didn't deserve to be there either. I think that's really what shaped my um, perspective on the world and being able to see a lot of the different values, you know, I, I come from in terms of, of, of more in the human life realm. And I've seen what it's like to have money and where a lot of these sort of true kind of happiness and moments come from it is not actually sparked from that but but other things and so um i just think i've been lucky enough to sort of see that and that's where i want to take more of my career path is is heading in um and whether it be philanthropy it doesn't necessarily need to be that but focused on on people and um, connecting with others and trying to bring out whether it be happiness or different elements of the human condition that's that's really what i'm passionate about Christian is the head of growth, which means he wears all the business operations hats, including marketing, analytics, and general management tasks to keep the team happy and the office lights on. Rain is CEO and head of product. He runs the product team from development to new ideas and designs to limitations and testing. He's also in charge of working with their investors. But pocket change itself is not a nonprofit and doesn't take a cut of any of the donations made on its site. None. 
This is where the story gets really interesting. But first, let's talk about why giving is important and what role in community nonprofits play. In the United States alone, there are 1.6 million nonprofit organizations representing over 200 fields of activity. Worldwide, the number of social impact charities is anyone's guess. From cultural centers to food banks and disaster relief, homeless shelters, conservation, health, animal rescue, environmental, worship communities, fighting racism, education and public policy groups, they all set out to have some kind of targeted influence. And their reach can be pretty incredible. Some have a very specific focus on the impact they can affect or remain localized. Others have identified their roles in global issues that are wicked in their complexity. So you say you support your local historical society with a yearly gift of $25. They provide local or regional learning and research opportunities for a wide range of ages using historical artifacts and articles. Next, let's say you donate $25 to your local YMCA. Organizations like that service a more regional area and use funds to tackle issues like homelessness, access to affordable childcare, youth safety and leadership training, and violence prevention. They provide health and wellness programming and are a destination for the creative and fine arts classes. Lastly, you donate $25 to the World Health Organization. This is a global charity working to meet a complex web of emerging challenges that impact our ability to live healthy, productive lives. The WHO works from an exhaustive list of sustainable development goals that allow them to eradicate barriers from around the world at the source rather than just accept progress. The mechanisms that allow a charity to approach their work with diversity matters. It allows us to know and trust where our money's going and what it's doing. But the total effect of a nonprofit is not contained just to their social responsibility work. The charitable sector realizes incredible impact also in the number of jobs they provide. 10% of the American workforce works for a nonprofit, and the nonprofit sector provides 63 million volunteer opportunities. Ready for this? Did you know that there are nonprofits whose own social impact mission is to support entrepreneurs launching auspicious solutions that build more change and create more jobs? Uh, you have a well set out set of principles that are used to vet your charities. A fi uh, financial efficiency and transparency are relatively self-explanatory, but you have others that are unique to the platform. Can you explain those? Absolutely. So our end goal in choosing charities is we think about if this charity had unlimited resources, could they essentially solve these problems? Um, that's sort of how we're looking at it. We don't just want progress. We want actual solutions. So one of the things that we understand about how these problems work, and this is not us coming up with it, the UN Foundation um, and academia across the board, nonprofit across the board um, has sort of come to this, is many of the problems that are on pocket change and that we're struggling with are what's called wicked problems. And what a wicked problem is, is it's different than a 
than a normal problem. A normal problem has a cause and effect, right? If your engine is broken in your car, um, it's some part that you need, you replace the part and your engine is fixed. That's not how wicked problems work. They work inherently differently than normal problems. So a wicked problem doesn't have a direct cause and effect. Homelessness is not solved by just building more homes. In order to address homelessness, you have to build more homes. You have to address job security, mental health. Uh, you have to address wages. You have to address substance abuse oftentimes. There's a lot of factors that go into actually solving these problems. And so one of the criteria that we look at, and it's one of our main criteria, is we look at what's called approach diversity. So every charity that we select is tackling these issues with a web of solutions rather than just a singular approach. So our homelessness charity, for example, is doing everything across the board from helping build new homes, getting policy in place that helps people that are affected by homelessness, addresses some substance abuse, addresses some job security. The same way our climate change charity is working on energy, water, poverty, um, a lot of the things that are directly related to climate change. So all of the problems operate like that. And so one of the main criteria that we look at is, are our charities actually approaching this with a web of solutions rather than a singular solution? For Rain, Christian, and most other startup founders, innovation entrepreneurs have to be uber strategic and learn by experiential methods to achieve their goals. Universities and other nonprofits are recognizing that supporting startups is good for the economy. This is great news, especially for college-aged entrepreneurs who now don't have to choose between getting a degree and starting a business. In 2019, Forbes identified that university-supported startups create more jobs and typically generate higher sales in comparison to those same students without access to an accelerator program. Rain was drawn to Denver University namely because of their commitment to student founders. Denver University's accelerator is Project Excite a faculty-run and multi-mentor alumni and corporate partner-sponsored platform that started in 2015. It's an interdisciplinary program that knows some students' paths are to solve something, some to build something, and others are ready to put their skills to work on something new and live. And it's cool because they're all learning what it means to be flexible at a pace very characteristic to being a startup, they're learning about the complexity of all the roles in a company and how to pivot. Nina Sharma is the Interim Executive Director at Project Excite and has been working with founders in accelerator programs for over a decade. Throughout her career, she's specialized in the social entrepreneurship space, helping businesses in the developing world launch as a means of escaping extreme poverty, and non-predatory businesses marketed to folks living at the bottom of the economic pyramid. She's had a few startups of her own and was on the first team at Project Excite that asked Pocket Change to participate. Then they built the accelerator prototype around them. The Project Excite is the university's innovation and entrepreneurship program that was launched in 2015. sort of in name only and then programmatically in 2016. And that's when I joined the team. Um, We 
run a lot of different programs. We run an incubator, an accelerator, we have a mentorship platform, um, we do student mentoring, we do a lot of design thinking work, we have a co-working space, um, as well as, you know, many we're giving out many grants um, to help students get their ideas off the ground. Project Excite is a cross-disciplinary program. We are, the Excite is actually an acronym. X stands for cross-disciplinary and ITE is for innovation, tech, and entrepreneurship. So, is a good description of how we build our programs and who we build them for. We actually build them for everyone at the university, undergraduates through graduates in all types, um, in all of the academic units. Um, we do see an uptick in students from the uh, business school and from the engineering school, which is understandable when it comes to an entrepreneurship program, but our programming is open um, and available and utilized by students from across campus. So that first year we were we were piloting the program, it was in 2017. So we just picked two companies that we knew of that might be willing to take a chance on us as much as we were willing to take a chance on them. So we picked Pocket Change and another company called Wanderlift, which was a ride sharing company um, for students. Yeah. So we picked both of them and said, Can we can we put you through, can we build an accelerator program around you? And they were guinea pigs with along with us that first year. The second year Pocket Change participated in the program, they did it as mentors to the new class of startup curious students. The connections between charity and education, health and economies are undeniable. The tenets of growth are alive in all of these activities. Nations and communities who actively invest in them as a whole realize an important long-term positive effect and are seeing evidence in their economies. According to Harvard University, it's no surprise that macroeconomic research finds very large gains from the relationship between education and economic growth, both at the international and regional levels. It's no wonder why universities and other nonprofits are investing in budding entrepreneurs, especially founders who are working from the social side, and pocket change is no exception to that rule. How many charities then, do you have on the on your site right now? We've got 75 selected out of 1.1 million or 1.2 million analyzed. So we're we're pretty stringent. <laughs> Yeah, I would have to say. Um, the only other the other kind of criteria that we look at is what we call sustainable impact, um, which we evaluate in two different ways. So we look at what's called outputs versus outcomes. So an output, again, to use the homeless example, outputs would be things like bowls of soup served or, um, you know, beds filled or something for a homeless shelter. Um, those are good, but they don't tell the whole story. The classic example is the drug program, D.A.R.E., that we all did as kids. D.A.R.E. serves 75 million students or something like that. They're in, or they're in 75% of school districts. There are 40 million students served every year. Um, you know, really incredible output numbers. But independent research has found that people who go through the D.A.R.E. program actually are more likely to do drugs rather than less likely. So outputs don't tell the whole story about uh, the work that a nonprofit is doing. So we look at outputs, and then we also look at outcomes. So to, for the homeless example, how many people are actually escaping homelessness and getting into permanent housing um, thanks to the work that this shelter is doing? Are people actually escaping homelessness, or are they, or are is the numbers just really good, but no progress is actually being made? So. It depend, we look at that in a lot of different ways, depending on the cause. 
Um, but those are the two main things that we look at in terms of impact is, are they actually at a scale where they're helping more than just a local community? Are they helping the world? But then are they also actually making progress or are they just existing for the purpose of existing? So those are sort of the two um, unique ones um, that we look at um, compared to a lot of other places is actual progress based, um, you know, metrics. So you're working with charities who are ultimately truly trying to put themselves out of business. Exactly. Can you tell us about a few of the charities? You've talked about homelessness. You just talked about turtles. You talked a little bit about water. Can you talk about the few charities you're working with and why they specifically fit the pocket change model? Or do you think we've already covered that? Yeah, um, I can definitely jump into it. I would say download the app. Um, You can read about all of our charities in, in detail. But my personal favorite um, charity that just has a soft spot in my heart because I think they're a really incredible organization um, is called World Resources Institute. Um, there are charities selected for climate change and they're really phenomenal. I think they're a great example of what pocket change charities are all about. So I'm going to go onto the app. Um, I'm pulling up climate change and I'm opening up the charity profile for um, World Resources Institute. So sort of looking at them, um, they, you know, they pass through 91% of all of the money that they get onto the causes. They only have 9% overhead, which is a phenomenal number for an organization of their size. Pretty much everything on pocket change is above 85%, which is really, really good. Um, nationally, you have numbers like 65% and 75% sort of being the gold standard. Program expense percentage does not tell the whole story at all. It's it's only one tiny piece, um, but it's a number that a lot of people care about. And so um, we make sure to highlight that. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, 91% is truly phenomenal. I mean, you're talking about an organization that sees hundreds of millions of dollars um, and they're able to pass almost all of that through and run their organization effectively. So that's really um, incredible. Today, Pocket Change is a very dedicated team of nine full-time people and dozens of helping hands along the way who together bring this empowerment tool to life. The way that this was even really possible to, to uh, you know, do this research and pick these charities was through um, the support of a ton of DU students who, who had actively been involved through this whole process. And it was upwards of about, it was about, um, in total, about 35 students who had helped create this and do research on every one of the charities and come to a top one for each area. But at one point during uh, during the school year back, not this most recent year, but the year before, um, we became an official internship with the University of Denver, um, which basically allowed people to come and work on pocket change and get um, class credit and scholarship money for it. So basically, we set up kind of a system with the school and, and our and our own charity uh, research program and also some marketing stuff and, and different things. But um, basically a, a whole bunch of different students had come through to do basically part-time work towards this whole mission at large um, and get credit and potentially some people, um, some financial support from the school as well for it. Um, what are your hopes and expectations for pocket change going forward? Really just that they keep going and they keep pivoting and keep responding to um to changing the way that people think about philanthropy and think about how they can make an impact in the world. I think they do such a good job of it. And I love that they've learned so much. Um, I don't want to hope anything more for them other than they keep being fulfilled by what they're doing. 
My hope for it um, is that we've become a place where people can talk about and engage with the causes that they're actually passionate about. Um, the direction of the company that we're going in right now is we're adding the ability, the next feature that we're working on is called voice um, or perspective. Um, and what we're doing is we're saying that whenever you make a pocket change, you'll have the ability to share content on top of that. So you can share links, videos, um, your own words, your perspectives, like whatever you care about, you can write on top of pocket change. Um, and so it can become a place where you can have real dialogues with people about causes that you're passionate about. While every single time you're, you know, saying something rather than just tweeting it and, you know, that's all that it is, you're actually taking a meaningful action. So my hope is that with as pocket change grows over the next couple of years, obviously, I would hope the company gets bigger and more successful and we have more team members, all of those things. But what I really hope is that we can evolve into this place where real productive conversation and meaningful action can go hand in hand and it becomes a default for many people to host that piece of their identity, just like I host uh, my professional identity on LinkedIn or my friends and family identity on Facebook. I hope that pocket change can become the place where I can host my identity for the things that I care about um, and have it be meaningful rather than just me speaking into the same you know, echo chamber group of people that I do on other platforms or me just doing things that raise awareness and then everyone moves on. I hope that Pocket Change becomes a, like I said at the very beginning, an empowerment hub, a place where you go to actually take action on things and be empowered and have conversations and drive real change um, from you rather than leaving change up to a politician or a business leader or someone else. Uh, so that's, that's my deep hope for Pocket Change over the next couple of years is that we can further become a place where um, you can actually host your identity there and take action on things and be empowered. A cause identity. Exactly. Patience, inclusive leadership, and scrappiness are all what connect them. There will be plenty of fails. It's how you pick yourself and your team up and get back to work. The wins are what keep you going. One of my mentors always says, the reality is that the only constant is change and that from change comes opportunity. It's encouraging to explore the seismic cultural changes that are reshaping the future of philanthropy. From innovations in technology to new audiences and strategies for giving. Corporations, nonprofits, individuals, leaders, everyone has an important role to play. Giving to charity is about making an investment in the health of our planet. This very moment is daring us all to do better. Bragg is created and produced in cooperation with Hum Productions. Our web address is humble, H-U-M-M-B-L-E, Bragg, B-R-A-G-G dot com. 
Financial support for the show is generously provided by JLB Images and listeners like you. We'd like to extend our sincerest thanks to our guests, Rain Aubrey, Christian Dooley, and Nina Sharma. For more information about Pocket Change and Project Excite, we have links to them and some great photos in our show notes. The next time you find yourself reading an article and feel the urge to donate, you'll be glad you have the Pocket Change app downloaded on your phone. The band Swimmer is back with us. A very special thanks to them for providing their song, The Impossible Engineer, for this episode. A link to their website can be found in our show notes, and their music is available on all major streaming platforms. Our star team, Christine Murdoch, senior producer and editor. Sound engineering by Matt Wheeler. Music curation by L. Lively of Crooked Tree Creative. Norman Bauer and Lee Bechtold for digital artwork and web design. And Andrew Sachs for our original music. Subscribe and listen to us on iTunes, Pandora, Spotify, Radio Public, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate it as it helps others find us too. We would love to hear from you, so send us an email or find us on social media. Pitch us ideas about someone you think should be on our show. Maybe it's even you. We'll be back soon with another extraordinary program, Everyone Has a Story, Share. I'm Brooke Bechtold. Thanks for listening.